Is everybody ready? Let's get rolling. This is The Big Show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Thank you very much for making us a part of your day. Jake with you at our Vivint Smart Home Arena studios. Gordon Monson safely social distancing at the Casa de Monson. We're going to talk to Jan Jorgensen coming up here momentarily. Gordo, I'm excited to talk to Jan, see how he's doing. One of the good people out there. You've no doubt about it. Jen Jorgensen, just a terrific guy, smart guy, fun guy to be around. So, uh, yeah, looking forward to talking with him. Can, before we do that, can I uh, can I run a couple things past you real quick? Yeah, please. During the break, I was looking on uh, on Twitter and saw two things that I thought I needed to pass along. Okay. D- did you see the picture of uh, from somebody from Chicago who sent out that smart alecky? Uh, message to everybody no it says it's a, it's a picture of a of a little sign and it has printed on it it says during this coronavirus outbreak remember to remain at least 10 feet away from others if you're wondering how far that is picture a bears wide receiver and then imagine where trubisky actually threw the pass <laughs> that funny. distance is about 10 feet Wow, that's hilarious, actually. And then I also saw this. I saw a picture of Jeff Grimes out hiking somewhere on a trail, and he's got a BYU cap on, and it looks to me like he's sporting a full beard. Okay. Well, you know, we've seen a lot of that, right? When you when you leave BYU, you grow a grow a beard, right? He's got. Looks like he's got the beard going, and. Uh, Looks kind of like Brigham Young there. I, mean, I think it fits perfectly. So just just a little editorial comment well, on my you. part. Thank you. Thank you for that. Yeah, geez, seriously. All right. send, it out, send it out on social media, man. Everyone can see it. Let's get Looks out. Looks good. Looks let's, really good. Let's get out of the Sprint special guest line. Lease any phone and get an iPad or Samsung Tab A for ninety nine ninety nine. Visit the Sprint store nearest you. Joining us now, of course, uh, former BYU star, former member of the staff, right here on 97.5 and twelve eighty the zone. Current defensive coordinator and linebackers co- uh, coach, and uh, of course, the hero of Helper Utah, the one and only Jan Jorgensen. Jan. How are you, brother? It's good to uh, have you on. It's good to be on. I miss these days of sitting and, uh, sitting down and chopping it up with you guys. Well, I'll tell you so, what, we miss you, buddy. You're just saying that because I'm on the phone with you, Jake. <laughs> <laughs> Heck no, Jan, I miss you. And you, you've started a young family. I see pictures online, and I, I just couldn't be proud of you, man. You know, I appreciate that. You and me both, Jake. We yeah. both... Uh, have families and little ones who would have thought not me that's for sure yeah, so, sure. so, so, Jan, I got to ask you: uh, d- Does everybody who has anything to do with BYU or who gets away from BYU for a moment does everybody grow a beard? Absolutely. I have a full beard right now. As soon as I left as a GA, I, I started growing it and have kept it the entire time. So I, we, what brought this up is I saw a picture of uh, Jeff Grimes uh, hiking around on some trail somewhere, and he had the beard going, and it looked very good. And I thought, you know, they should, they should, th- that needs to be 
altered, does it not? I agree with that 100%, Gordon. When I have a shaved face, I've already got that bald head, and my face is very round, so I look like a giant baby walking around when I am shaved like that, so I would have given anything to have my beard at BYU. Mm -hmm. Uh, Jen, I, I want to kind of know what life is like right now for a for a college football coach. Are you guys just hanging out? What can you do? What are you doing? Is it just this big holding pattern? What's going on? Yeah, it's honestly, it's a, I, I'm speaking for myself, but I think a lot of people are in the same boat is we're kind of a big ball of anxiety. We're not used to not having much to do. And our kids are still like, this is the time of year. Like we would still be in spring ball very soon. It would become the summer training and lifting and working out. And they're still finishing the semester. And when your kids are not around and you don't have control over those things, it's a lot of stress. You're hoping that they're working out. You hope that they're doing the things they need to do to finish school strong and be eligible. And so there's not a lot of things for us to do. So we create a lot of things. We don't have a lot of problems with that, but there's a lot of stress still because you're hoping you're, you're uh, 18 through, for me, it's 18 through 21 year olds are going to choose to do the right things and get themselves in the right place to be able to play in the fall. So, Jan, I'm glad we have you on today because we were talking earlier about Devin Kafusi deciding to transfer from BYU to Utah. We were trying to make sense of it, and we ended up just guessing a lot about what well, we heard his statement about what he wanted to do and how Utah was maybe a better place for him to pursue his football goals and whatnot. And it made me think of you. And when you were so effective as a rusher at BYU, and then they switch up the defensive scheme so that you weren't able to continue at your quite at the same record-breaking pace that you were on earlier, and that was a sacrifice you made, I guess, for at the at the behest of some of the coaches. It would have been easy for you to transfer to want to continue to show what you could do in in, a, in the scheme you were in previously. Am I reading that right? Yeah, you're essentially right. A little of the details were a little little different for with me is that I was always in the same I was as a pass rusher, I was never in the in the Bronco defense, I was never in an advantageous position to pass rush. Um my freshman and we played the we generally played the same system one the whole time I was there, but when I was a freshman and sophomore we slanted, we moved. I moved around a lot more, which allowed me to use my athletic ability and then it came to my junior and senior year they started using me a lot more to two gap and to take up blockers. And mm. so I, I, there is some similarity there. And when I heard about it, I, I kind of thought of myself and thought like to myself, should I, would I have been better off to do something that he's doing now? But I guess I was a little different. I, I really, um, you know, I chose BYU for a reason. I was going to, I was going to be there and I was going to make the most out of whatever, wherever they put me, I was going to make the most out of it and, and be darn good. However, they played me. Does it, does it bother you that guys are transferring more frequently these days or are you, are you okay with it? 
No, it bugs me. Um, it bugs me quite a bit. Kids are kids are different these days than they were when I played. And I, I sound like the old man now. It's weird. When I talk to my kids, I always sound like the old man. And I went uphill both ways and all that stuff. But um, but kids are looking for the easy way out. They don't, they're about that instant gratification. And if it's not coming right away and they think the grass is greener on the other side, when most of the time it's not. And so it's honestly, it's it's pretty sad to see the way kids transfer so easily um, these days. I actually hate to see it. So Jan, who's easier to keep focused on uh, the task task at hand moving forward? An 18-year-old linebacker or Kyle Gunther? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm I'm sure that you can answer that question, Jake. <laughs> yeah, I've got a pretty good idea. <laughs> But no, seriously, Jen, what's it like working with, with young people? Expand on that a little bit because you, you said that it is different and now you have a different perspective as a coach than you certainly did as a player. Talk about communicating with young, young people and identifying with them and getting the most out of them. Yeah, that's, that's a really good question. Um, it's, it's interesting because I think the communication has changed a whole lot since from when I played and how coaches communicate with me and then how I have to communicate with these these guys they they question everything right like when I played um you got yelled at you got corrected and right wrong or indifferent you took it you said yes sir and you went about to try to fix it and without really saying a whole lot where this generation it's it's not the case so you kind of have to talk to them a different way they you really have to teach them the why of everything they do because if you don't they're going to question you they're going to kind of push back a little bit and so you really have to learn to become a really really effective and clear communicator and help them understand exactly why they're doing what you ask them to do so jan i guess this is an attendant question with that is this what's the difference between being a great player and being a great coach (laughs) <laughs> they're completely different. <laughs> Great players don't always make the best coaches. That's for sure. Um, the so great coaches for, first of all you have to absolutely love the game um, and it has to be more than, than loving the game you can, it has to be you cannot live, out, live without football in your life that's first and foremost there's a lot of good players out there that um, play because they're good not necessarily because they love the game and so that that's one essential difference the other part is just the understanding of the game again a lot of Players that are really good, they're good because of their physical gifts, not because they necessarily understand the technique, they understand the scheme, they don't understand all those little details. They're just good because God gave them the ability to be good. And so as a coach, you have to really understand the game on a whole new level and understand the, the being very precise with your technical foot, I mean technical work, whether it comes to footwork, handwork, and then also scheme-wise, you have to understand that at a really deep level. So it's, there is a huge, huge difference between being a good player and being a good coach. Most good players think that they can be good coaches until they start coaching. So, Jan, now that you're putting together your own defenses and crafting game plans and strategy, give us your uh, your coaches you're taken from, coaches you coached under or, or played for. Who are, who are you taking from and what are you taking? Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, if you were to watch my defense play, you would say that it's probably a lot like Broncos, um, just on, on the surface. 
but I really have taken a lot from the different coaches, mostly the coaches I coached, I coached under as a player. You know, I just worried about my position at D-line, didn't worry a whole lot about everything else. But um, coaching under Bronco and then coaching under Kalani and that staff with Elisa and Ed Lamb and Gennaro and those guys, I've tried to take the best of all of those worlds and kind of mold it into what I do and put my own stamp on it too. So, Jan, what, what has been your – evaluation of the direction BYU football has gone in in recent times? I feel like BYU is in a very tough place. Um, I feel like that regardless of who is in that, that seat as head coach, that is a very, very tough job. Very, very tough. And so I feel like what they're doing right now, I think I think Kalani's doing as good as as good as he can and as good as most people can. Being independent, not spending quite the money that um power fives spend, but wanting to be up in that situation and they're just in a they're in a really, really interesting spot and I, I feel like those guys are, are making the best of, of what they have up there. Jan Jorgensen is with us uh, right here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Jan, I don't know if you guys are are having similar or are dealing with it similarly. I'm sure you are with return missionaries coming back early because of this COVID-19. We heard Kalani Sataki talking about it uh, the other day. But how hard is that as a coach where you've got guys who you're planning on maybe later coming back and you've got to juggle scholarships? I mean, that can't be easy. Yeah, it's incredibly difficult. Um, I can only imagine what it would be like up there at BYU handling that right now. It's it's affecting every every school in the state that that recruits missionaries, but obviously BYU is gonna it's gonna affect the most. And it, it, the truth of the matter is, is, you're gonna have to make some very hard decisions as a coach that you don't love having to make. You made these promises to these kids when they went out, but you made a promise to them for a certain year. And when they don't come back at that year that you made that promise to them, it makes it very hard because there's a lot of planning that goes into this. There's a a lot of things that goes when a kid leaves and they come back early. I've seen how it throws a a wrench into the gears when one kid does it. Now where you have a a whole couple of recruiting classes that are now coming home and wanting to move on with their lives, I could... It's it's hard, and and BYU and these other schools, for that matter, are going to have to make some really tough decisions and tell some of these kids, like, hey, like, you can hold off, you have to wait a year or two or or whatever. But there's no, there's really no other way around it. Jan, do you miss climbing into the cage? <laughs> yes, sometimes I do. I, you, you know, when you get into the coaching and. You move on, you miss the competition. I miss uh, going to the gym every day. I miss getting punched in the face. I miss <laughs> punching other people in the face. <laughs> I miss sweating all over another human being. It's not weird. Um, I miss I miss doing all of that stuff and uh, bettering myself in that way every time and then going and testing all that training and everything I put into, yeah, I, I definitely miss it. There's certain things I don't miss, but I, as a whole, I do miss it. What would happen, Jan, if uh, Janimal and uh, and Hans Olsen climbed into the uh, into the cage at the same time? Oh, 
hands would just eat me alive. It, Gordon, you felt Hans's bear hug. I saved you one time from Hans's bear hug. And uh, I, I, I would not, if I had to, I'd just dance around him and throw punches and try to not to let him get his hands on me. Hans has got that just, it must be an Olsen thing, right, Jan, where he's just, he's stronger than he even knows. Yes, exactly. It happens to certain people. Certain people gain this strength that they don't even, they think that they're normal when they're not. And Hans <laughs> is definitely not, not normal. I think it's something having to do with Weezer growing up on a farm. I don't know, but he, it's, it's crazy. That's the best sentence I've heard all day. Hans Which is one? not normal. Hans is not normal. He's not. No, that's that's a fact. <laughs> He's not a normal human. I, I think Jan is underselling himself here a little bit. I you, think so uh, too. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think, think Hans would be in trouble. Uh, <laughs> who, who do you think it would win? What do you guys think would happen? My money's on Jan. Although uh, Hans, uh, with one. SWAT would knock me across a room by accident. What do you think, Jake? I think I've been to multiple of Jan Jorgensen's, uh, Jorgensen's MMA fights, and uh, I'm, I'm pretty confident in the Janimal. I, I think he'd get uh, he'd take care of business. What is that like, uh, Jan, to walk into a room and just be the alpha dog? I don't know. I don't ever feel like I'm that. <laughs> <laughs> That's because you're a humble guy, you know? You are a humble guy, Jan. I'm you telling you right now, Jan walks into the room, and every other guy who thinks he's in good shape or is a tough guy or whatever just sort of uh, withers away. Not not anymore. I tell people now these days, you guys have seen uh, Endgame. Um, what's the, the superhero movie? Uh, Avengers, uh, right? The, the Avengers Endgame. You guys have seen that? Yeah. You guys know Fat Thor? That's me. <laughs> I doubt it. I, yeah. I doubt that very much, Jen. But, hey, listen, Jen, it, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the show. It is seriously great to hear your voice. Congratulations on all your success, both personally and professionally. And, hey, we need to check in with you a little more, so keep your phone on, will you? Anytime, guys. It's good to, good to be on with you. Thanks, yeah, Jen. Thanks, Jen. The great Jan Jorgensen, currently the defensive coordinator and linebackers coach at Snow College, former staff member right here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone, former BYU great, former uh, Carbon Dino. What are we leaving off here? Uh, I think that about covers it, doesn't it? MMA uh, stud fighter. I don't know. How would you describe that? Brother of JD. Brother of JD. Son of Papa J. Jan is one of the, I mean, he is a classic example of a tough guy who's the nicest guy in the world. Seriously, the, the nicest mean, guy in the world. Yeah, that's a guy you can trust. That That's a guy who, if Jan Jorgensen said to me, I'm going to do this, uh, uh, then it's going to get done. It's getting done, no doubt. Yep. All right, we've got our drops of the day coming up next. Stay tuned, 97.5 and 1280 of the zone.